This is a Barita podcast, which is a medium for information purposes only. This podcast is not a recommendation to buy or sell any securities. This isn't a research report, nor intended to serve as a basis for making any investment decisions. Contact a licensed investment advisor before making any financial decisions. Let's get into the Barita podcast. The key, the key things to remember are one, basics. So companies that would have been significantly affected by COVID and are definitely on a rebound, but this year are poised to do well. And, and I think the market will move on those companies. So we're here today, February 18th, 2022. This is our first official Barita podcast. My name is Awam Nurhead, and I am the manager of investment research here at Barita Investments Limited. So today we're going to have a a general discussion, right? We're going to speak about the global economy. We're going to speak about the local economy. We're going to speak about the stock market. And we're going to look at some companies that we think have positive underlying potential um, that we would recommend to our clients. So today I have with me three of our analysts and I'll allow them to introduce themselves, starting with Peter George Simon. Hi, good day. My name is Peter George Simon, Senior Investment Strategy Analyst in the Research Department at Barita. Hi, my name is Andre Uslin, um, Investment Analyst within the, re- within the Research Department of Barita Investments. Hi, my name is Jonathan Cook. I'm Senior Portfolio Analyst. Okay, thank you guys. So, what we want to begin by doing is essentially setting the tone for the discussion that we're about to have. And in order to set the tone, it's best that we start with the, the economics of things, right? Because that sets the backdrop for everything else. So, I mean, when it comes to economics, I don't think there's anyone better suited to start us off than Peter John Simon. <laughs> and uh, I mean, I think he will start off with the, the global aspect of things, telling us about the U.S. economy, the global economy, um, and how that could play into the local economics here. So, PG. Okay, okay. Thank you, Awa. Uh, I think we're living in quite exciting times. I mean, might might not be on the brink of World War Three. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know that the biggest talking point right now has been whether Russia will invade Ukraine or not. And that has kind of been the overarching macro theme. And that has kind of also been like the icing on the cake, given that there has been numerous other uncertainties. So those uncertainties would have, of course, been linked to things that we've already been discussing at length, which is the global supply chain issues and also just general direction of monetary policy and interest rates. So when we kind of look specifically at the US, because we do know that the US tends to be a barometer for the developed world generally, we would have seen earlier where there would have been concerns as to US growth and whether growth is slowing and what's the long run trajectory for US growth. And we would have seen this in the quarterly outturns for US GDP growth. So for instance, Q1 2021 would have seen 6.3, Q2 6.7, and then would have seen the large slowdown for Q3 of 2.3. But then 
the latest Q4 would have been somewhat of a surprise with the 6.9% outturn. But even given this high outturn for Q3, which was above projections, most analysts were more so projecting a 5.5% thereabout. And they were more so projecting that economic growth would slow down in the medium term. I still want to kind of note that the 6.9% outturn was primarily driven by private investment spending. And typically when we think of GDP growth, especially in the US, it's typically driven by goods spending and services spending. And investment spending is usually very volatile. So that kinda kinda adds to the uncertainty that we're seeing in GDP growth. But for right now, most comment commentators are more so thinking that there will be a continued slowdown in US GDP growth. So essentially what you're saying is US GDP has been driven by private investment as opposed to what we've seen in, in prior years and, and prior decades of consumption being that main driver of GDP growth. Yes, basically. So it's more so private firms restocking inventories because of course we'd have seen what the global supply chain issues would have caused. And of course, you would have known also the resultant inflation impact that's currently been impacting the global economy. And that kind of links to why inventory spending has been so large, particularly in the latest quarter. So it's mainly that restocking. But as I said, inventory spending is extremely volatile. Mm, I understand, I understand. So, I mean, that, that sets the, the global macro picture, right? At this point, I want to bring us a bit closer to home, you know, kind of just set the the current environment for me. Let me know, you know, what, what is the most topical thing and, and what is it that's impacting our local economy right now? Okay. So I think firstly, the Jamaican economy has been recovering quite well and we're, we're however, still not back to pre-pandemic levels. Even though of note, there there are some sectors who would have been uh, above or close to pre-pandemic levels, and for example, that would include, uh, say, electricity and water, uh, construction, etc. Those are kind of the sectors that are coming closer to pre-pandemic or above pre-pandemic levels, and then you would have sectors such as hotels and mining and quarrying who are less than 80% of the what they were in 2019. So this is Q3 2021 compared to Q3 2019. So what we're currently seeing is that, okay, there's some amount of recovery, but there are some sectors where there's still a lot of tailwind. And of course, that would have been seen in the hotel and restaurant sector, which is still roughly at 75% of 2019 levels. And that would have been supported by other data, which we would have seen, of course, tourist arrivals, where we see now currently, when we looked at the, I believe it's the first six months of this year, on average, compared to 2019, we're currently at close to 70% in terms of tourist arrivals monthly on average, compared to 2019. So there's still scope right there. And in terms of the latest outturn, we'd have seen GDP grow by um, 5.8%. And of that 5.8%, 2.5%. So that's 2.5% out of 5.8%, so roughly 
what's that 40 45 percent roughly was primarily attributed to growth in hotels and restaurants okay okay so i mean one of the industries that many persons have actually been looking towards is construction you know um persons see these high-rising buildings uh, all across jamaica um, particularly in the urban areas so kingston and st andrew Montego Bay to a lesser extent, poor more. Um, and this has been a recurring trend. So I just want to throw this out there, you know, how do we see construction um, as, as a sector, as an industry? It has been quite resilient for much of the pandemic. And, you know, there's questions as to, you know, whether or not there, uh, the prices of housing, for example, are too elevated. Um, whether the construction industry um, needs to potentially reprice um, things of this nature. So, you know, what is your view on that particular industry that's on everybody's mind? Okay, uh, first I'd like to say that uh, I think even the BOJ would agree with this because I believe they would have <laughs> done their research also, which is that uh, the construction sector and real estate prices are more so in line with fundamentals specifically so in terms of the trajectory for the construction sector itself there would have been data points such as um, housing upstarts from the nhd and nhd linked developers and this would have been lower than 20 lower than last year for the current year to the year to date september 2021 and so there are a number of indicators that were pointing to a slowdown in the construction sector but then would have now seen the latest piog estimates for q4 which would have shown a growth in construction of 6.4 percent and this unexpected growth (laughs) unexpected i guess (laughs) because a lot of people were thinking that okay construction would be slowing and in in my view in the short term for example, I think we're having this podcast right now while the BOJ is currently having their policy meeting or just finished their policy meeting. And so we'd have seen where they, um, I think you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, they had increased the policy rate by 1.5%. One, 1. Yeah, that's been increased by 150 basis points. So yeah. I don't know how that might, well, I don't know how it might play into the whole construction industry and the cost of capital for these developers i think that's something that really could bear in mind in yeah. the future of the future john you have anything to add so it's interesting that you mentioned interest rates uh the boj today increased its policy rates by 150 basis points to four percent no that has evident implications for construction Right. Yeah, definitely. Exactly. So, I mean, just to just to make it clear, the BOJ's policy rate is the rate that every other rate in the in in the economy kind of just um, feeds off of, so to speak. Right. So, to the extent that the policy rate has increased to four percent, then we can anticipate that rates on mortgages, for example, will eventually increase. Now, once mortgage rates increase then we can anticipate that this has implication for housing demand. Yeah, definitely. Exactly. And once we have 
negative implications for housing demand, then it has implications for construction, right? So that's something that is currently developing within the economy right now, right? So in terms of construction being this robust industry that has benefited significantly over the last couple of years and a couple of quarters at that from increased demand um, that was on the back of low interest rates, this could potentially have some some negative implications, don't you think? Yeah, definitely. However, as you were saying about construction being relatively resilient, uh, I don't think that is going to change in the long term, given demographic factors. So there is still large demand for housing and the government still does plan to uh, spend more on affordable housing. And that is also in conjunction with increased infrastructure spending. And all of these are long-term plans. So in the case that we're thinking that whether these BOJ policy increases is a long-term thing, which it's arguable, who knows whether or when this inflation pulse will, will recede and whether the BOJ will continue to, will go back to being more accommodative. I say go back because we do know that in real interest rate terms, by the BOJ standards, they would argue that they are still relatively accommodative. Okay, fair point, fair point. So, you know, at this point, I think we've we've touched on some of the the local macroeconomic issues, right? We've touched on interest rates going up. We've touched on inflation um, coming off the back of global inflation, right? Now, these are obvious implication for assets in general. But I want to hone in on specific assets, right? Assets that, you know, people have been looking towards more recently. And I say that to, to speak about the stock market, right? Um, we've been seeing various developments. And uh, I want to know, you know, how has the stock market been absorbing all of this information? Um, how does the market look now in general? And, uh, you know, more specifically. So to kind of just start us off, I'd like Amber to just give us a synopsis of how the market has trended. Uh, the market, well, the junior market, uh, the junior market has somewhat been a bit bullish year to date. I mean, it has been up, it has been up 13% uh, year to date. And I think uh, we have seen a bit of buoyancy in the market. And given the, the environment in which we're operating with the world pandemic, and we've seen a listing of spiritual, it kind of speaks um, volume to the confidence that investors still see equities as an interesting play in this time. Um, but as you, but on the contrary, though, we are seeing where the main market and the combined market have not been that bullish. Because, I mean, the combined index has just been up. 0.82% year to date, not really much. Now we're going into the almost in March. We haven't seen much activity in the combined index on a whole. And the main index um, year to date has been down at this point, has been down 0.24%. Uh, so a bit of a dovish sense. Um, so there haven't been much activity or much enthusiasm in the main market as opposed to the junior market. Okay, so for our audience, let me just kind of just paint a picture of, of what Ambre just said, right? So what we've been seeing in the, the stock market is that the smaller companies have been trending up quite a bit, 
right? And uh, this is normal, you know, generally coming out of recessionary periods, um, companies that are small tend to benefit quickly, right? Whereas companies that are larger take some time um, to, to get back on track, so to speak. Um, now, I think a, a very important point here is that our market is heavily weighted in financial companies, right? And, and several of these companies would have continued to, to underperform um, within the marketplace. And as such, the market has actually been a bit unfavorable as it relates to the stock price of these companies. Notwithstanding, I think there are companies within the space that have actually done quite well. You've just listened to an episode of the Barita Podcast. The Barita Podcast is available on all Barita's social media platforms. If you'd like to invest with Barita Investments Limited, visit our website at barita.com or contact us at 876-926-2681 to get started. This podcast is not a recommendation to buy or sell any securities. This isn't a research report, nor intended to serve as a basis for making any investment decisions. Contact a licensed investment advisor before making any financial decisions.